very proud of us. This is the most efficient that me, you, and Rick have been. Really? Dude, we got it going and the cameras were ready to go and yeah. we are we are rolling and we have so much. How is it breakfast and you like I don't even think you ate breakfast this morning and you already have like salsa or beans on your shirt? What is that oh, schmutz? I, I just put the same shirt on from yesterday. <laughs> um, that's what's the great part about tank tops. Like the stinky parts don't get stinky. So <laughs> Well, not if you like it crud all over him that looks like you smeared beans on your nobody would have noticed had you not said anything i'm pretty sure Um, cameras are good but first of all aztec chevrolet thank you so much for all the love i have been driving around the same uh buick enclave for a while so (laughs) it's time to sell it we need to sell it aztec chevrolet if you're looking for a buick enclave i have one for sale let's go we need a new one. And then I have, uh, well, not in here, but I did have my old salt coffee. This I have morning. mine in here. I'm drinking coffee this morning. Um, solid. So give old salt coffee a, uh, a hit on the website. Yeah. Oldsaltcoffee.com. Trevino with the number 10. You get 10% off. You're going to buy coffee anyway. You might as well buy it from some veterans. Yeah. Right. And get sure. 10% off and help support the Trevinos because. I'm like, I am, you know, and I didn't realize how much stress it had put on us. Oh, I was aware. (laughs) We, you know, people have been asking about an update on the dream home and we just, we really didn't want to talk about it because the ups and downs that we have been through. Well, because it changes from day to day and it was like, okay, how long are we going to be in between homes? Poor movers. You call him like every two days to change the date. Well, we can't get an appraiser and then, well, our house is sold, but we're not going to be able to close. It's been a nightmare. But today we found out that it is all going to work out. Yes. So this might be one of the last episodes in this studio that never got finished. There's a reason the studio never got finished. I told you, like, we we can go back and watch the tape, Rick. Did I not say part of the reason I don't finish is because I know we're not going to be there long. Well, this this next home, I'm very excited to say that that it is we are going to dig our heels in, yeah, and and stay, and we love it, and it is, uh, you know, I I'm I'm really afraid that I might cry. Oh, I was going to say of what Renee's going to do to this house. No, I I. <laughs> You know, Rick, I, I, I'm, I'm very emotional about it. I mean, I it am is... too. When we got the news this morning, I cried mostly because one, like, like you said, the anxiety of it all. And I know it's silly and I know it's mom guilt and my child is just going to be fine. But I was totally stressing about Garrett starting kindergarten, having to adjust to this, to that schedule well, and not well, having a nap and not even knowing what bed he was going to be in or where that bed was going to be like, I was stressing over that. And there's something really special about we are going to be in this house a few days and he starts kindergarten. Yeah. And that'll be a memory, hopefully, for him that, oh, when we moved in here, I started yeah. kindergarten. But And now I have an address for all the Amazon packages. I was like, I don't know where to send my packages to. But it is, um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I mean, you know, we are, it, it is it is cutting things. Speaking of the mover. Uh-huh. um. Hey, buddy, are you there? Hey, buddy, I'm going to have to call you back, but I, you know, I'm glad you called because you're on the podcast. This poor guy, Alejandro, <laughs> has moved us, what, three times now? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he doesn't 
account anymore. But you guys call yourselves New Braunfels Movers, and they have been so professional. So yeah. if you need a mover, uh, look up New Braunfels Movers because these guys have been Alejandro's so... Alejandro's the best. Yes, even though he broke some of our furniture. But, but fixed it. Like, but he did amazingly. fix it. He did and fix you it. broke the step, and he fixed that too. I did break the step, and he came over and fixed it. So uh, Alejandro, I'm going to have to call you back, my friend. Um, I'm, I'm just the the house is beautiful. Um, it, I mean, it's everything that me and both of us want. And if there was a list of things Renee wants in a home and things Steve wants in a home, this one ticks all the so boxes. That, that's why we rush things. And, and that's why, you know, it's going to be tough. We kind of found a unicorn. We did. We found a really special place for us and, and. We're very excited about it, but we don't want to spend a lot of time talking about that, but that is the update. We are moving to our dream home and I will kill Renee if she videotapes me crying because when I get those keys, I, I honestly might cry. I mean, it is, it is so overwhelming to me and, and so super, super special. And, yeah. and just, thank you for the people who like commented and asked, asked for an update and just said that we hope you guys, we hope you get it. We hope it all works out. And just um, the people that have been the really so, sweet messages, so supportive and, yeah. and, and thank you all. But, um, we had, God, what a week we had. Huh? Yeah. I mean, Thursday I am driving to Edinburgh, Texas to open for Pitbull. Yeah. Did we talk about last week that you were going to do that? No. Cause we recorded, uh, we didn't, right? we didn't talk about it. And it, you know, for me, as a matter of fact, Rick and I met working for a not so famous pit bull. Have we ever told this story before? For, Cause you know what Rick actually, someone said that they want to see what producer Rick looks like. Cause we talk about you all the time. Oh, right. Yeah. We might have to show a photograph of you, Rick, uh, with your, uh, no, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have better hair than him, dude. Come on. Um, but, but Rick is a, um, you know, married a Cubana. Yes. Right? A spicy Latina. Oh, you know. so stereotypical. She, but she is very spicy. Um, but, you know, Rick and I met working for Pitbull a million years ago. And it is it is crazy how everything has kind of um, grown the way it has yeah. over the past few years. Um, I mean, you were a kid. You guys were both kids. We were both very young. And, and I, you know, I tell people all the time, like, there's a Miami that the tourists see. Uh-huh. And then there's the real Miami and the real Miami is maybe the most ghetto place I've ever seen in my life. You know what? There's, we can like in our travels, we've traveled to lots of places in the United States and there is never any place that I feel so stupid about the fact that I have something in my teeth. Which one? You could have waited. You're not on camera. You could have waited. Until I talk, start talking. You can't tell a woman you have something in her teeth and expect <laughs> her to just keep smiling. Um, um, but I feel so stupid in Miami that I don't speak Spanish. And every place else, I'm like, oh, it's okay oh, that I'm but, Mexican. Yeah, I don't but speak Miami Spanish. Speaks, but it, they speak Miami-ese. Like, and I can't it's understand not even, what they're saying either. It's not even Spanish. It's not even Cuban. It's like their own Miami thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's right in the middle. It's their own Miami thing. And... and you know, we were working in the most ghetto part of, I always tell the story, like that was my first time to experience Cuban coffee. 
Oh. And yeah. for people that don't know what Cuban coffee is, it is the most strong coffee imaginable that you can find. Yeah. And then they take tablespoon upon tablespoon upon tablespoon of sugar. They to make it palatable, somewhat palatable. Dude, it is so thick. It is the most thick coffee you ever drink. So I'm standing there with Pitbull. We're on the corner of like 12th and Flagler. I don't even remember anymore, Rick. And I'm like, man, I'm, I, I go, I'm so tired. And Pitt goes, go get a cafecito. It'll wake you up. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, where? It'll crack you out. I go, okay, where? And he goes, over there. And he points to a house. I'm like, he goes, yeah, go knock on the window. And there's literally like a worn out trail in the grass where people <laughs> walk to this window, uh-huh. right? I knock on the window and an old abuelita like opens the door and she's like, hey, hey, ¿y tú qué quieres? And I'm like, I, I want a Cuban coffee, coffee, cafecito. <laughs> and this old lady brings you a cup, a styrofoam cup, and uh-huh. it's this big. And then it has little baby cups. Five of them. How is this considered a cup, a that, baby cup? That is considered Delilah's cup for is bigger than one that. person coffee, but I didn't know that. That coffee that was this big was for five people. I threw the little cups away. <laughs> I smashed that cup of coffee that's for five people. Uh-huh. And my heart was racing like I was on cocaine. Like it was absolutely insane how strong the coffee was. Yeah. Right. But you know, having that relationship with Pitt back then, Pitt has always been. I remember I got to meet him you got to when meet you Pitt. were like in Florida one we, time, we way just, back when we just started dating. He was so no, no, charming. You met him in California cause he did a show and we went. Oh, and that, that was kind of sketchy. It was like, it was back in the day and it was like a sketchy Dude, show in Rick, a sketchy straight up place. Bar show. And he wasn't going on stage until they brought him a suitcase of cash. (laughs) But even then he was so gentlemanly. Like I remember us trying to get through the crowd and he's like clearing the way so that I can like get through. It was not. He's always been a, a very, uh, um, suave, suave, but, but intelligent and, and sweet and, um, thoughtful. Right. You know, I I remember all the above and, and Rick probably remembers this. He had gotten his first BMW when we were on set uh-huh. and he, he was excited about it and he brought this BMW and everybody was like, Hey, where are the rims? And Pitbull was like, I'm not putting rims on my BMW. Are you crazy? He's like, not only, not only is it going to mess my car up, it'll, it'll, it'll mess up the warranty. <laughs> like he's always been that kind of level headed yeah. guy. Um, so I, yes, I get to open for him in Edinburgh, which by the way, this is his first, Tour back, back. This is the first time he's been on stage in a year and a half. That has got to be so incredibly scary because you, I mean, I know it, it was like challenging for you to go back on stage and get into a rhythm and you are one man with a stool, but we are talking about like a lot of moving fully parts. orchestrated moving pieces. What? Like 10 dancers or more, maybe a lot of dancers. I mean, lots it, of uh, lights, lights and confetti smoke. cannons and smoke <laughs> and you know, the whole thing. And, and, Here's what's even more interesting, and I don't know if I told you this, not only has he been rehearsing the new tour, uh-huh. okay, the new show, right? he had to then do this show as the old show. Why? 
Because they decided to do the old show in Edinburgh. Because that market hadn't seen the old show Because that market had not seen that so show. So the next time he goes, he can do the new so show. So not only are they practicing the new show, they had to go and practice the old show. Those poor dancers, too. They work hard, man. They work hard. To know two hard. shows not simultaneously. Only, I, I get there at 4.30 for sound check, and those girls have already been on stage for probably 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. They're drenched in sweat, and they're rehearsing the entire show maybe twice or three times. I don't and think people realize and, the endurance it takes to do one show like that with those kind of numbers. Th- those girls work hard. They really work hard. And it was, it was very um, impressive to see how hard they work. Number one. And number two, how seriously they took um, the show. Oh, for they, sure. They it's a it. professional gig. Oh, yeah. they, they were very professional. And the, the shitty part is, and I don't know if I should tell this kind of, behind the scenes thing. But, tell it, tell it, tell it. You know, Pitbull walks on stage to get going and the intro's wrong. So Pitbull being- What do you mean it's wrong? Like they played the wrong music or? It was the wrong video, the wrong music. It wasn't <gasps> right. Pit comes out and, and he goes, you know what? I'm not starting this show off like this. We got to do it right. Blah, blah, blah. And then it went from everybody, we were back to work to, oh shit, we just screwed up. Right. And the boss is not happy. Well, right. yeah. But Pitt, totally professional. He goes, we're going to start over. Let's do it again. They screw up again. No. So then Pitt being completely professional goes, you know what? I'm not going to let that stop this show. I'm not going to let that get to me. Let's start it right here. Let's go. So then they start it up again. Show kicks off. And he, the audience doesn't know this, but his inner ear monitor is not working. It's popping. It's giving him a hard time. And he keeps looking at sound like... Fix it. Dude, and everybody... And fix it quick. And, and you can feel his entire staff like, oh, shit. Yeah. Right? Pitt's going to be very, very upset. Well, because right? he's the one up there having to deal with their mistake in front of the crowd of people. It's not them on that stage trying to make it right. Like, Well, not only that, they pay him a lot of money. You, you as a, a fan paid a lot of money for that experience for that yeah. experience you know but he was so pro and handling it i mean you, if you're in the audience the only mistakes you know about are the ones in, in front right? right and if you and if you didn't know any better you would think that Pitt was not mad at all because he was that much of a pro because he was that good at turning it back on turning on the charm doing his show being professional so yeah Afterwards, um, he had to have a, a staff meeting with everybody. Yeah. And I didn't get to, to physically say hi to him, you know. Um, and, I, and, you know, and because I do what I do, it didn't hurt my feelings. Right. Right. I understood what was going on. And I understand that, that Pitt's a busy man and he doesn't, he doesn't feel like entertaining. He doesn't feel like putting on a smile at that point. Right. Because yeah. I know that feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, we just left. Me and Timmy got in the truck. And we left, and then literally 10 minutes later, I get a phone call from him. And he, and he says, hey, I'm sorry that, that we didn't get to meet. I heard you went, it went really well. I'm so happy you're on the tour and love you. And, you know, I can't wait to see you perform with me again. So, yeah. you know, he, yep. and he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do yeah. that, yeah, you yeah. know, but he did. And it was, it was really um, a class move um, from him, and it made me feel great. And I was laughing because... I'm driving back in the middle of the night in my Chevy Silverado Z71, and he's on his way to his G6 uh, private jet to fly to, to fly to Vegas. Um, 
but it was a great experience and yeah. it was it was awesome you know what some of my friends were asking me though they thought that was so they were like how does that work like a comedian goes on stage before the show like they just didn't understand yeah you know it, uh, and and what we're so i used to seeing a musical act before another musical well act. Pitt, Pitt, generally speaking just has a dj and then he comes out yeah right? so my pitch to Pitt has always been and and we're going to talk more about it but let me come out let me get the crowd involved let me do stand-up. Let me do a dance contest on stage, right? And give away some t-shirts, right? So I, kind of more like a host MC. Host MC and keep it fun. But then there would still loose. be music, so you still have the DJ element. Still have the DJ, have gotcha. some fun with the crowd, right? And give give the audience a, um, an experience that I feel like they can't get anywhere else. A hype man almost, too. Yeah, right? You know, yeah. something really, really special. And, you know, I would venture to say that this is the first time in history that a Latino um, of his caliber mm -hmm. and his genre mm -hmm. has now reached out to a Latino in a different genre and then put it together. Oh, right. So yeah. it's, it's, it's really exciting. And when I see, when I see like Snoop Dogg and um, Kevin Hart together, um, they did something for the Olympics, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they're, they're commentating for the Olympics. Yeah. So if you want to watch Snoop Dogg and, and Kevin Hart commentate on the Olympics. Oh my God, you and Pitt would be so great commentating on stuff together. Well, it, But it also makes me sad that like you go, okay, well, there's 50 combinations of Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart, right? Oh, the talent pool. Right. Yeah. You can go get, you can go get, um, um, well, now I Cat don't want Williams. to go get anyone else. I feel like you and Pitt would be because well, right, you're both but, so well-spoken, but, but very different personalities. The like, point I'm trying to make is that you don't need Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart. You can get Cat Williams and Dr. Dre. You can get Mike Epps and it goes on forever. Right. Who do we got? Right. What's the Latino combination? Right. Right now yeah. it's just me and Pitt. Yeah. Right. So... It was it was really cool for us to join forces and join powers and, and go out there and do something really special. Yeah. So that was exciting. And, and I can't wait. September 12th. Yeah. Um, if everything goes as planned, we will be performing together in Austin, Texas together. Yeah. On September 12th, which is a Sunday. So I'm very That's excited awesome. about it. And and. It, it, like I said, it's just something really neat. Oh, you're talking special. about combinations. And I immediately thought of, cause I'm a huge fan and love him. Cause he went to NYU too, is John Leguizamo. How funny would you and John Leguizamo be side by side? He's like skinny, you're chubby, like, right? Wow. Wow. But visually, visually, you two would be really funny together. No, look, I would love to work funny with. Funny looking, you I know? Would, yeah, sure. I would, <laughs> I would love to work with somebody like John Leguizamo. You know, I think he's a... Uh, I think he's a, a great, really talent. intelligent and well-spoken yeah. too. Yeah. But again, he's not in the music world. No. Right. Yeah. You know, um, Pitt is, you know, I would put Pitbull in the same level as, as a Snoop Dogg iconically. Yeah. Right. And I would, oh, for put, sure. Yeah. I would put me, you know, under Kevin Hart, but still very, very funny. <laughs> um, so we did that on Thursday. I hauled ass home and we prepared for, Delilah's baptism. Delilah was baptism. baptized this weekend. Finally, we were a little late. I was afraid she was going to be like the oldest, biggest baby at the ceremony, but it's okay. Well, of course, we're late to the church, but let's start Friday. Friday, 
everybody comes into town. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, Renee did such a wonderful job. You, you and Miss Betty. You were a little unhappy with me because Steve went to Edinburgh and then he comes home in the middle of the night, doesn't see the rest of the house, wakes up Friday morning and there's flowers everywhere and balloon arches up. You were not happy with me. Only only Renee <laughs> turns a baptismal into a freaking... A bash? It was a baptismal bash. It was... In, well, but it's something truly to celebrate, right? Yes. And it was, it was beautiful and, you know... For, it was a joyous event. And I, man, I got to be honest. I, I didn't think I would get all giddy about her outfits. You know, and we put her in that dress... Yes. And her little her shoes, gown. Her it's gown, like a gown, and her little bonnet, and I was like, "Oh, that's her little girl. lace shoes, like tied up, and they had a blinged out cross <sighs> on each one. Those little like, slippers that's are so my cute." Daughter, and it was yeah. awesome. And then we, you know, we picking godparents was so hard because we have so many great people in our lives. Yeah, you know, and there's so many people that we love and care about, and you know, it was really hard. And this was one of those situations where Tim. And Clarissa mm-hmm. made us their go- godparents to their youngest, and we wanted to um, return the favor. Not only return the favor, but um, Tim is like a brother to me, and and Tim yeah. and his wife got married through the Catholic Church, and and it just it really worked out. And yeah. you know they are we're we're very excited because they take um, being godparents very seriously, yeah. like we do. Right. Our godchild is is Kylie Mm -hmm. and we take it very serious and we we try to be a big part of her life. Yeah. And we saw with Tim and Clarissa, they baptized my sister's youngest daughter and they take it very serious. Yeah. And then we baptize their son and we take it very serious. So um, having them in town for the weekend was was great, too, because we got to hang out Friday um, of course, the Joe, Grandpa Joe shows up. What are we eating? What are, and we're like, Dad, we're just probably going to order some pizzas. <gasps> we're not ordering pizzas. I need meat. Let's go to H-E-B. You know, and Dad's walking around H-E-B. Literally bought enough meat to to feed 30 people. Yeah. Right? And then... Huh? In barbecue pit number five, okay. Rick. Okay, Steve did, made an edible brisket this weekend. It did not go straight to the trash dude, can. Dude, not edible, delicious. Rick, I knocked it out of the park. <laughs> it was. It was so cute seeing how excited he was because there have been at least two briskets that have gone straight to the trash. Did you see the video on my Instagram? Oh my gosh, dude! Perfect. Dude, it is the bark had the bark. It had the smoke ring. It was juicy, bro. I picked up the brisket in the middle and it sagged perfectly. And I'm cutting it. I didn't know and, that was a thing. Oh, Rick Tell knows. Tell me about the visual. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. And 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 I'm gonna admit something that I probably shouldn't. You cheated. No, I didn't cheat. Okay. I, so that day, I had to cut the yard, I had to weed eat, I had to clean the backyard, I had to get things ready. Oh, that brisket almost got burnt. No. It almost stayed in the oven, remember? Huh? You forgot to turn the oven off. No. Can I finish what I'm saying? I'm giving, am I giving away your brisket secrets? No. I 
No. Uh, well, no. I, I, I wrap it in foil and I put it in the oven. Uh-huh. Right? At the very end. Yes. To go ahead and, and finish it off. That's not the point. The point is. Okay. What I'm trying to say is, Rick, <laughs> when I tell you I set it and forget it. Like this time I was so busy. I, I set my coals up, put my logs down, and I saw the smoke coming out. So you mean your most edible brisket was completely unintentional? No, it was very intentional, <laughs> but I wasn't Mr. Check the temperature and check the temperature and open it up and look at it and close it and 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 prod it. And dude, I when I tell you that I, I went about my business and then I came back and I put two more logs on it and that was it. Yeah. And at the end, it came out fantastic. I almost cried. Yeah. It was that delicious. And and everybody, I mean, everybody was like, this brisket. Oh, who made the brisket? You might have paid more I mean, attention to the dang brisket than at the baptism. That's not very nice. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, so then Saturday morning is the um, baptismal. And, and I'm so afraid of Renee. Uh, like, I'm so afraid of you. I, like, I'm not allowed to go, let's go, hurry up, we need to leave. So I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, fuck it, like, fuck it, whatever. We have and, a house and a, full of people, a driveway lined up with cars, we should have left much earlier. So yes. finally, I'm like, we have to leave yeah. now. And of course... We got stuck at the train. We are the people... That are strolling in late. In a bit. Well, not strolling, the pushing mass, the stroller, but the, running in with the, the stroller. The mass has started... We're the idiots, like Renee's parents, every, all the parents are already sitting there. And then me, the godparents, my sister, my dad, yes. we all come strolling in. And I, I just know people are like, oh, is that Steve and Captain Evil over right. there? Yeah, I mean, but, it, you know, it was really special. And Delilah did. She was so good. She was so all good. about it. The deacon would come over to like bless and she would like lean forward. She was totally into it. It was awesome. And it was, we, we hung out all day Saturday. Yeah. We had, um, brunch set up when we got home. Yeah. And Danny with, um, modern roots kitchen is what he's called. Yeah. He came and set up a Bloody Mary bar. I was going to say and- we had mimosa, a mimosa bar too, but everyone was all about the homemade Bloody Mary mix you know yeah danny made a homemade bloody mary mix and a bloody mary bar and he was whipping up omelets and uh-huh. we all had brunch and we all Those just, potatoes were delicious even delilah loved him we just hung out in the backyard and everybody chatted family yeah. friends and it was just a a really beautiful celebration yes you know of getting, and that was the other reason i had to decorate is like we haven't hung lanterns on the lights in the patio like we haven't even been here long enough to like do it up on the patio well, so, so. And that was our last hurrah here that's it we're moving over to the that's it to the uh the new dream home so we did that and then i reached out to my friends at whiskey meyer and yeah. rick i don't know if you're into whiskey meyer are you into these guys Okay, it, so see, b- behind the scenes, dude, Betty didn't know about Whiskey Meyer either. And I'm like, how can you be like Texan and not know Whiskey Meyer? You're going to fall in love with this band. Play them, Rick, for the next, you know, when we get off this, to start playing them. They are this really funky mix between Southern rock, uh-huh. country. Yep. Um, they dress like hippies, like Black Crows kind of vibe. 
but um, they are amazing music. If you watch, what's the, what's the show with Rip? Yellowstone. Yellowstone. Okay, so you've probably heard their stuff if you watch Yellowstone because the whole first season is like all their music. All, so they used almost all of Whiskey Myers' music in Yellowstone. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, they make an appearance in one of the bars in the first season. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in yeah. In the first season, you walk into a bar and Whiskey Meyer is the band playing. Myers, S on the end. Whis- Whiskey Myers. And, and you know, I, I, I met them working with Loretta Lynn on her ranch mm-hmm. and me and their road manager and the bassist really hit it off. Yeah. We hit it off. We, we had a great weekend together and we had a, we, we have an ongoing joke, you know, um, between us. And then I saw that they were coming into town at Whitewater Amphitheater. And I think to myself, okay. And I'm always the guy, what I like to do, even if they're my friend, uh-huh. I like to buy the tickets mm-hmm. and not assume that I get to be backstage. Yeah. Right? I just want to buy the tickets. And if I get invited backstage. But you're like, you know, your bougie wife ain't going. And like, <laughs> it's backstage. <laughs> so two weeks before they're going to be at Whitewater, I go to buy the tickets. Two weeks, which I thought was plenty of time. Well, yeah, because they're playing two nights, Friday and Saturday. Sold out. So both shows sold out. I can't get tickets. Not like COVID sold out, like capacity sold out. Like nuts to butts. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Definitely look like that. I mean, it's <laughs> packed, right? And um, so I, then I, I, you know, I reach out to Chris and I, I, I feel like I, I'm like, I go, hey, man, I hate being that guy. I said, but, you know, we'd really like to go to the show. Can we buy tickets? And he goes, you don't ever need to buy tickets. I got you. Right. And I said, okay, there's five of us. And he's like, no problem. Just please come. We show up and oh my gosh, man. I mean, I'm glad with this new Delta variant out. Uh-huh. I'm glad that we were not in the nuts to butts. Oh I mean, yeah. I would have had major anxiety and for the, sure. The really special thing that we learned, you know, because when I worked with them, it was just the band. Uh-huh. Right. And I already knew that they were really down to earth. I already knew that they were really good people. Right. Yeah. Um, but when we went backstage, there was three Three babies, like all Delilah's age, we all had COVID babies. <laughs> we all had these traveling husbands that once COVID happened and everyone stopped traveling, we I all made babies. Up. We all made babies. And one of them too said she said she was having a hard time getting pregnant too. And then So they had they had three wives back there. Well, more wives, but three specifically with their strollers with their stroller and the babies and with the, the headphones on. And, you know, and it, it was just one of those things where it was like, oh, wow. You know, here we thought that we were the crazy ones. Here we thought that we were the ones that constantly try to travel as a family. Right. And that we have our baby in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> that we're weirdos. Right. But here, yeah. here you have these guys that are on the verge of some serious fame. Yeah. Right. With their family. Yeah. With their wives, mm-hmm. with their babies. Yeah. You know, Guitarist comes over, oh kisses his son towards the end of the show, walks back. Oh, on and he's, stage. you know, he's jamming out in front of his son. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, they're, they're doing the, the encore, or whatever the musical and, interlude. Yeah. So he comes over and yeah. he's like looking at his kid and his kids looking at his daddy, play the guitar. And it was to a massive crowd of people. I, like, I, I don't know how many whitewater fits, but it's gotta be, like 10,000. You think? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, Boy, that's even scary. I'm glad we were backstage. It was pretty impressive. And 
it just it was really sweet to see and and the girls were so nice to us they they were all such sweet sweet ladies and um i was just so well none of them wanted to meet me <laughs> all of them were like oh my god this is the captain evil like you're, you know you're the star yeah. and then at one point um she had topo chico makes a seltzer yes and so Tim had found them uh-huh. in, in the beer bin uh-huh. and gave one to you and Clarissa. Uh-huh. And then you guys finished it. We went back. There was no more. Yes. And then uh, one of the wives has a topo in her hand. And I'm like, hey, I go, where did you get that? Right. Because I also know that if Renee drinks, we're all going to be happy. <laughs> I know that if Renee's got a little buzz going and Renee how exhausted I am yes, and we're good Renee controls everybody's <laughs> life and if Renee's happy everybody's happy so I go, I, go, I go do you know where there's another one of those and she goes I don't but this is bullshit we need a bartender <laughs> we need a bar and we were like no 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 no, no. Like, we don't want to be we don't want to be I'm that bougie, guy but I don't want to be that bougie and she was like no I need a bar so then she comes back with these red bracelets and we get to go hang out in a like Loft skybox kind of sky thing. Skybox, and just watch the show, and and it you know even after the show, those guys came out and they were so down to earth, and just talking to everybody. Rick, I can't believe you've never heard of them. Whiskey Myers, y'all, you gotta like go check that check out. I don't know if they're on. I don't even know if they're on Spotify or not, but I'm sure there's you can a find song, stuff. You gotta find it. There is a song, lyrically, mm-hmm. that is just. Amazing. Which one? It's the broken windows. Oh yeah. Where he stops singing and the all entire crowd sings the words. Yeah. The words. But lyrically, he tells this story in this song that is just it's an amazing song. Yeah. It really is an amazing song. And it's called Broken Windows, Whiskey Myers. And yeah. you know, I, I, I listen to that song and I think to myself, you can't write this song without living it yeah you have to live it that's how detailed this song is mm-hmm. and how well written it is and i'm listening to the song listen to the song and even before i met him huge fan of the song yeah i meet him at loretta's ranch and i ask chris i go dude that song he lived it right he had to have lived it and he goes no he didn't live it he dreamt the entire song yeah woke up and wrote it. And I'm like, I don't know how you have an imagination that you're that creative, that you're that yeah. good of a, um, lyricist. Yeah. Lyricist. And how are you that? Cause I can't write like that. Yeah. You don't dream jokes. <laughs> I don't dream jokes. I, I have to live you observe it. them in me. Yes. No, I have to, I have to experience the situation so yeah. that then I can come back and retell a situation. Right. Right. That's, that's what I have to do. I have to live it. I have to think about it. And then usually for me, there's three different things that happen that then become one big story, but I lived it. Yeah. You piece it together. Right. And I don't, I don't understand how they were able to write this song and not live it. You yeah. have to be a very, very creative person an active imagination active imagination. i wonder if he reads a lot because i've heard that from from songwriters that they 
find their inspiration from Shakespeare or old literature or poems, you know? I wonder if he I, reads a lot. I'd be curious. I, I would like to have him on the podcast. Well, you know what? I was going to say the same thing, too, is Chris was so kind and funny, and he's like this big, huge, burly dude. He's like a giant version of me. Yes. Yeah, he even wore cut-off sleeves. Yeah, he, yeah, he had cut-off sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> With like Waylon Jennings or something like <laughs> yeah. that. I don't know. But um, And she was just so delightful. And they have a six-year-old and, and then an eight-month-old, literally just like us. And they're taking it on the road. And again, I was just so impressed by these three moms with like their strollers rocking the babies to sleep, but like in their fringed leather backpacks and their knee high, you know, total rock and roll. And like, yes, yeah. total rock. It was, it was like the movie almost famous for sure. Right. Like yeah, they were kind of dressed like that. Kind of dressed like yeah, that. They have that vibe. So hopefully, you know, maybe Chris will, will agree. I know their schedules are crazy, but they, she said they live in Texas. So, so hopefully we can find a way to make it work. But it was just such a wonderful weekend of being able to not only celebrate our daughter, yeah. But to see family together, mm-hmm. we had a huge breakthrough in our family. Huge breakthrough. Oh, I think I know um, what you're going to yes. say. Um, Sarah, my dad's wife, my stepmom. Yes. And my mother. Yes. Went shopping together. There's a whole lot of Jesus up in this house. Your mama, they were going shopping and your mom asked her if she wanted to come. And she said yes. And they went shopping together. Which they hate each other. Which shows you how powerful shopping is, because women. I thought you were going to say how for some shopping. I thought you were going to say how 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 beautiful God is. And Delilah's yeah, and Delilah's baptism (laughs) is out there healing hearts. But (laughs) no, it's about it's about Ross. Ross will get you. But it was it was really cool to see, and it made me happy because. You know, this was one of those situations where a lot of times dad and Sarah don't come to events where Art, my stepdad and my mom are at. Yeah, they kind of swap. They but figure with a baptismal, they, the they don't have a choice. Yeah, that's true. It's happening once and that's it. So they were here and they went shopping together. We're like, oh my God, is this really happening? Is yeah. this real? You were like, are they back yet? Because they were gone a long time. I told my dad, starting I, go, to get nervous. I go, dad, they're plotting, dude. <laughs> they're going to kill you. <laughs> the, Sarah and Dora... Are having a meeting. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. They're having a meeting on yeah. how to kill you with Oleander. <laughs> but it was awesome. And then um, it was just a great weekend. A great week. Yeah. And this weekend I'm, I'm on my way to um, Kansas. Yep. And I had to sign over power of attorney to Renee so that she can close on this house because it is sold. Yep. And then Monday we close on our new home. So yeah. I will be out in Kansas this weekend. I hope you come out and, and visit. And I was laughing because I did that promo for Kansas. And I said, uh, Patrick Mahomes, please come. And uh-huh. people are tagging Patrick Mahomes. Did you get a response? My, not yet. I'm waiting for my babe. I'm waiting Uh-oh. for uh, Patrick Mahomes to reply. And then I do want to talk about something. And, and maybe Rick can chime in because you can't. What do you mean I can't? I watched the Val Kilmer documentary oh you scared me i was like uh oh what's happening rick did you see this not yet is it, i hear it's amazing is it worth it it is one of the most beautiful things steve's always weirdly like, been a val kilmer fan like i'm not sure isn't he one of those actors too that's like really polarizing like people either love him or they're totally turned off by him it was emotional it was inspiring it was sad it was 
it's it just and his son narrates because he can no longer talk. See, I didn't realize he, that. He, I didn't realize to, he had throat he, cancer. He has to put the lost his voice. He has to plug the hole to talk. His lyrics, right? yeah. Doesn't even look like him anymore, right? Because he went through chemo and he went through all that. Yeah. His son sounds almost exactly like him. But there was a moment for me watching the documentary where there was a lesson that I learned that don't judge a book by its cover. Don't, don't think that you know somebody because, you know, I didn't, you know, I would look at Val Kilmer and I'm like, Oh, you know, his fucking good looks. He's your typical Hollywood star, but he's not. Yeah. He's so sweet and so down to earth and so open. He's very open in the documentary where there's moments of, and he's funny, you know, and there's moments of humility. There's moments, moments of, Hey, this is who I am now. Yeah. Right. And, and you watch this and you go, wow, man, he, he dedicated his life to acting, truly acting and truly. Oh yeah. He was like very method and a method actor. I mean, he really dove himself into what he wanted to do, but I think because of his good looks, he was kind of forced to be something else, Mm. right? He was forced to be Batman. Yeah. Right. He was, well, listen, I wouldn't complain about being Batman and he doesn't and he doesn't. And he, he, he says like, man, you know, every kid growing up wants to be Batman and I got to be Batman. Right. However, they offered, but you could tell he like really made an attempt at sort of reinventing or making different choices for a more interesting Batman. Yeah. But it was, it was heartbreaking. It was, sweet it was inspiring you know despite the fact that this guy can no longer speak that's heartbreaking he's still creating and he still put out this documentary that to me is i think it's gonna win crazy amount of amounts of awards you think so oh my gosh you wow that's a big statement okay so now i gotta watch it what's even crazier is that he walked around with a video camera from a very early age so you get to see young Val Kilmer. You get to see Val Kilmer getting, and he talks about it, and I don't want to ruin too much like, of it. Almost like he knew one day he would make a documentary? Like, he's that's kind of weird. That's what I mean. He's such a creator and such a, a filmmaker and a storyteller that he always had a camera with him. <laughs> I say, that's right? kind of weird. Meanwhile, we sit around a table every week and talk and record it. Never mind. Right, but, you know, <laughs> it was... You know, you get to go back in time and see his personal video, videoing, uh, camcorder work. Yeah. You know, there's a time and I'm not going to give away too much, but he gets, he finally gets cast in a play that he's very excited. They make him the lead. Uh They call him up and go, um, you're going to be second lead because Kevin Bacon is available. Right. So he's like, okay. And, And you hear him talk about it and he's like, okay, that's cool. Like I'm Kevin Bacon. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. They call him up and they go, you're going to be third lead. No way. He gets bumped again. Yeah. Sean Penn is available. Right. So now you have Kevin Bacon, Sean Penn, Val Kilmer. And then again, him being a, a, a gracious guy, he goes, I didn't care. I was happy to be there. Yeah. And there are no small parts. Right. Just small actors. He goes, so I took that part. Very, very serious. But then he has his video camera uh-huh. and there's young Kevin Bacon and there's young Sean Penn. Oh, that's awesome. 
right? That's and then cool. they give him a double moon. They both moon him. <laughs> so you get to see young Kevin Bacon's I'm watching. ass and young I'm Sean totally Penn's ass. I'm watching now. But it was just cool that you were able to go back into his life, right? Yeah. And you see this guy who is is a a um, very unique looking young man mm -hmm. to what he is now. And he takes you through the story of his life. You kind of have a man crush on him, huh? I, I was just impressed at his uh, of his soul. I was very impressed of of who the man is inside, right? He, you know, he's he, he is a drama nerd. He is a well, drama most. Yes, but you don't you picture him as Iceman, right? You picture him as badass Doc Holiday. Yeah. Right. You picture him as the saint. You picture him. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You, you picture him as this really cocky Iceman, Top Gun, confident, arrogant guy. Yeah. And then you meet him and he's just this really down to earth, has a great relationship with his son, has a great relationship with his daughter. And, and is he married? He, I don't want to give away too much. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, now I got to watch. You do have to watch. And I encourage all of you um, watching this podcast to Whiskey Myers. Yeah. That's your homework. <laughs> um, Val Kilmer, the Val documentary. This is back to that's school your episode. Yep, We're that's giving your, homework. That is your homework. Um, and that's for you too, Rick. You, the Whiskey Meyer. Oh, and, and all and, your spare time, Rick. You know, all those extra hours of sleep you get. Well, look, I think you're going to love jamming out to Whiskey Meyer. I, I, those guys are... are I, I, I don't want to compare them to anybody, but they they feel like the new um, Leonard Skinner. Ooh. So if you, if you like Leonard Skinner, I think that you would love these guys. I don't know. I'm not necessarily a Leonard Skinner fan, but I love Whiskey Myers. You are a Leonard Skinner fan and you just don't know it. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Because Leonard Skinner has so many hits that you hear the songs, you like them, and uh -huh. you don't know that they're Leonard Skinner. Am I right, Rick? You know, because uh, when I saw Leonard Skinner yeah. um, live, uh -huh. I didn't realize how many hits they had. I Were was theirs? Like, oh, I know that song. Okay. Oh, I know that song. Oh, that song's badass. I didn't realize that was Leonard Skinner. Okay. Right? Because when you think of Leonard Skinner, you think, turn it up. Yeah. Right? But um, what a wonderful, blessed weekend we had. And then yes. to find out today that we will be closing on our new home on Monday, it, it's just... <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah now we just gotta get packed up and moved um and i was laughing because you know i always tell you how beautiful you are and uh -huh. we, were, we were bragging about last episode how your your boobs were looking scrumptious and <laughs> one of the i didn't see the comments Did we, well, one, of the, about that? Sure. one of the comments was like okay i usually listen but i had to watch <laughs> I had to watch and see it because you are a very lucky man. And I said, well, uh, Renee's a very lucky woman because she looks like that and I kiss her ass. Um, you are a very, very beautiful woman. Oh, I love you, baby. And, and people have I also you, asked, um, you know, what's going to happen with the wedding ring. Oh, oh, you know what is so funny? So one of the, my mom has a beauty shop in Portland. I think we've talked about that, has a beauty salon. And one of the ladies who works in the shop, she texted me the other day and she said, um, she goes, Renee, do you know that these ads come on during your podcast? And I said, I was like, uh-oh, what YouTube did she probably, see? Yeah. yeah, and I said, yes, yes, we know. I said, but I don't know what ads you see. It's 
tailored to you and what you watch. So the ads you see are different than what I see. Cause I was like, uh Oh, they're kind of conservative. I was like, you know, what did she see? She goes, well, you should know that an ad for a jewelry commercial came on while I was watching. And I think they should be a sponsor of the podcast so you can get a new ring. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? We'll work on that. I'll see what I, I can do. I didn't tell you this, but you know, Garrett has been very concerned about the ring. Oh. And Garrett has asked He's me several sweet. times, like, well, what's going to happen with mommy's ring? Right. Yeah. And then, and then I told him, I'm not buying her another one. Cause she'll just lose that yeah, one too. Yeah. Jo- joking, oh. jokingly. I go, I go, she's not getting another one. She don't take care of her stuff. Right. <laughs> joking. Right. And then yesterday he, he did he me, lose something? Well, no, he tells me, he goes, dad, um, I got a plan. I said, okay, what's the plan? He goes, you can buy mom a new wedding ring, but make it a fake one <laughs> and a cheap one. That way, if she loses it, it's okay, <laughs> right? Um, but your grandmother did give you a ring, and I think for now, uh, you should start using that yeah. as the wedding ring. And, and to be honest with you guys, we we are very married, and we are very in love. Ring or not, ring yeah. or not, and yes, very soon, I will get you a new ring. I was gonna say she's gonna um, buy me a tattoo, but but. <laughs> Yeah, you can't I lose that shit. for the tattoo shop. Um, but in the meantime, we are buying a new house. Yeah, yeah. And that'll have to do as a ring. Yes. Um, we're Oh, and I want to get it out right away. What? Because I, dude, I want to sell this place out with every... And that's the best <gasps> thing about the podcast is this is a location that we can all go to. Yeah. So uh, Vegas, December 9th. Did we talk about you got booked for NFR, but we thought it was next year. Well, it was next year, and then they moved it to this year. Yeah. So December 9th at the Mirage, yours truly will be headlining in Vegas on December 9th. I know it's a Thursday, but we can all go and let's sell this place out before we even get there because this is my chance. They're giving me a chance. What a perfect week for you to be there, NFR. We always yes. talked about, like, how are you not there when they're doing I've, country stuff? I've done very, very well in the clubs. Yeah. We, we've sold out Jimmy Kimmel's comedy club. We've sold out Brad Garrett's comedy club. And we finally have been graduated to headlining the actual casino. Yeah. So The Mirage, December 9th. Please, please, please come and support. Come hang out with me and Renee. We get there Monday and we will leave Friday morning. You keep saying that, but that's a lot of time in Vegas. I'm like, Tuesday. Maybe I come Tuesday. You come whenever you want. I'm going to be there. <laughs> You're going to be there regardless. I'm yeah. going to be there Monday. Because <laughs> we haven't been to Vegas in forever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I would love it if we all got together as a family and, and sold that place out. And what uh, You got plenty of time to plan, all right? December 9th, yeah. uh, the Mirage. And it's officially not on my website, but I'm still talking shit anyway. And if it goes down, if it doesn't work out... <laughs> Hey, I'm sorry, but uh, get the trip insurance. <laughs> yes, and we booked Oxnard. We we you know, people have been asking. Oh yeah, it got slotted in. People have been asking if, when I'm coming to Southern California. We so haven't talked Oxnard. about it. That's my birthday weekend. Is it? The, is we it, haven't is that been to California it? in a long time. I'm happy to. Take I'm you. throwing it out there. I'm happy to take you, and um, we'll have Whiskey Myers open up. <laughs> I don't know, man. There, there's, I don't think that's I'm ever going to no, happen. That's not happening, but that'd be awesome. I'll be opening up for them. They're big time. Yeah. Um, but other than that, is there anything else that we missed? I don't think so. We got to get going. That's how I was going to say, we've been talking for a while now. Well, because we had so much to talk about and we're so happy and we're yeah. usually not happy. Lately, no, we have not been happy. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, but you look beautiful. Thank you, love. I love you. Um, big shout out to Aztec Chevrolet. Big shout out to Old Salt Coffee. Big shout out to Rick and Gigi. 
Yeah. Um, we're very excited. We hit 4 million views on a video on TikTok. The one that where I was you and you were me? No. Oh. Nobody gave a shit about that one. It was my oh. stand-up. But we did we did release a new video, and I think me and you should act it out and, and do that on TikTok. So okay. It's very exciting. Thank you so much for watching, as always. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in every week. We love you guys so very much, and, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts because you guys really keep us sane. And I know you guys say that we do a lot for you. You guys do a lot for us. So I'm Steve Trevino. This is my beautiful wife, Captain Evil, in her rental dress. <laughs> you will never see it again. And of course, producer Rick has a smile on his face, so I know he at least slept four hours last night. We're out.